So let's give him a good Arkansas welcome. Brother James Wilson to come preach to us. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for Jesus tonight? Come on, he's worthy of the praise and the glory and the honor. Come on, on the first night of junior camp, why don't we just show Jesus how much we love him, how much we appreciate him. Jesus, you are awesome, oh God. We give you glory, we give you honor, Lord, and we give you praise, Jesus. Come on, there's nobody like him. Come on, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is worthy to be praised. Come on, somebody just lift him up in the room. Come on, if Jesus has ever done anything for you, you got a right to praise him. Come on, if God has ever done anything for you, you have a right to give him glory and honor. Jesus, we love you in this place. You are awesome, Lord. You are awesome. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Are you glad to be at Junior Camp 2019? Make some noise. Amen. Amen. I am so pumped to be here. It is such a tremendous honor, amen, and privilege to be back in the Arkansas district. You guys are pretty awesome. Why don't you just give yourselves a hand for being awesome? Amen. Amen. It is a high, high honor to be here. And um, I just, I'm so thankful, amen, to be here this week and I'm believing that by the time we leave this week that our lives are going to be changed in the presence of the Lord and I'm not just talking about you but I'm talking about me too because I have some things in my life that I come expecting for God to do this week and I don't know about you but I'm not leaving without what I need from God this week come on is there anybody that's desperate Come on, is there any student in the room that says, I'm going to get whatever I need from Jesus today. I'm not going to let you stand in my way. I'm not going to let anybody stand in my way. I'm not going to let the devil stand in my way. But whatever I need from God, I've come desperate. I've come hungry to receive it this week. Amen. And I declare it right now in the Holy Ghost. God is going to change lives. God is going to uh, give callings, amen. It's just going to be a life-changing week in the presence of the Lord. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Again, such a tremendous honor and privilege to be with you. I give honor to the district leadership of the Arkansas District. Brother Gaddy, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you. Brother Sullivan, thank you so much to the district board and all those that had a part in me being here. Thank you so much. Amen. It is such a high honor to be in the Arkansas district. Can you give it up for your district leadership? Amen. To the youth committee, my great friend, Brother Nate Smith, your youth president. Why don't you make some noise for your youth president in the room tonight? Amen. He's a pretty awesome guy, if I do say so myself. And uh, this is just special, bro. Tremendous honor to be here with you this week. Give honor also to Brother Austin Jackson. Thank you so much. And to the rest of the 
uh, District Youth Committee. It is such an honor to be with you all this week. Amen. If you would allow me tonight, I'm going to hold my scripture text until a little bit further along in my message. So this is what I want us to do. I want us all right now to just lift up our hands. And I want us to begin to pray that God would speak in this room right now. Come on. I know that this is the first night, but I believe that we don't have to warm up. I believe right now we can get right into what God wants to do in this week. So junior campers, I wonder right now, could you lift up your voice and could you begin to pray in this room? Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray right now, Lord, that there would be a demonstration of your power. God, let there be a demonstration of your glory in this room. God, I believe today, Lord, that you're going to do great and awesome things. I pray right now against any hindrance, God, anything that would try to hinder the moving of your spirit. Lord, anything that would try to hinder the preached word of God, I take dominion and I take authority over it right now by the authority of your word and the power that is in your name, God. And I release right now, Lord, freedom. I release liberty. I release faith into the room in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release your grace and your mercy, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why don't you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord? And why don't you just lift up a shout unto our God right now? Come on, lift up a shout unto the Lord if he's worthy of the praise. You may be seated. I want to preach on this topic tonight. Someone paid your bill. Someone paid your bill. Hopefully it'll make a little more sense here in a second. How many coffee fans do I have in the house? Praise God. Amen. I'm not a huge coffee fan. I was telling Brother Nate earlier that coffee actually has a reverse effect on me. It actually makes me sleepy. So whenever I drink coffee, I get a little groggy and sleepy, so I have to be careful. But even though coffee uh, makes, makes me sleepy, not too long ago before I started working full-time at the church, it was about four or five years ago, I worked at Starbucks. Praise God. Lord, help me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we booing in the house of the Lord? Amen. Got some real coffee snobs in the house. We're going to have to pray all through. Starbucks is all right with me. Amen. All right. We got a few people that like Starbucks. All right. Oh, there it goes. Amen. The, the coffee snobs are saying, Lord, we don't, we don't like this guy already. Amen. But working at Starbucks is interesting to say the least. I don't think I've experienced anything else quite like it. People come in every single day at the same time, order the same drink, and leave with the same inability to resist their coffee cravings, destined to return again the very next day to do the same thing over and over again. But when you work at the coffee shop, they aren't the only ones that have a routine. And the longer you work there, the more you as a barista develop a routine of your own. And I can remember you'd see them coming through the door and you're already writing their drink down. You, you, you're just writing this drink down to get into a rhythm of things. And this routine of things has a way of lulling you to sleep in a sense. You just kind of get into this kind of zombie mode making these drinks. So it was a wonder that I noticed uh, on this day something that happened that caught my attention. As I was at the register, I noticed Lou 
About three people away from me at the register and not too far behind him was a man by the name of Ross. Now, both of these gentlemen were of the uh, saner coffee crowd persuasion, and therefore, I must admit, I enjoyed serving them. Both of them always had a pleasant disposition and were always enjoyable to converse with. And today was no different, and I had already made eye contact with Lou as I was at the register taking orders, and his cheerful disposition had extended the invitation for me to engage in what was sure to be another enjoyable conversation. But as I was watching him, he turned around and looked behind him. For what reason, I didn't know, but as he turned, there was just enough of his face visible for me to see that his cheerful disposition gradually changed to one of genuine sorrowful empathy as his eyes met Ross. Without uttering a word, Lou stepped out of his place in line and went to where Ross was and shook his hand. But something was off, I could tell at Ross's normal pleasant disposition was replaced by that of a grieving, tormented individual. And as Ross's lips began to quiver and his face began to contort, he could suppress the tears no longer. And right there, in the middle of Starbucks, he began to weep. And after a few seconds, Lou, so as to not cause a scene or embarrass Ross any more than he probably already was, he gently led him outside. And about that time, Marina, my manager, told me that I was free to go on my break, and so I stepped away from the register and headed to the back office to sit down for my break. As I was walking back, I couldn't help but wonder what had occurred in Ross's life that had caused him so much sorrow. Maybe he's just experiencing a tough time. Perhaps someone in his family was just diagnosed with an aggressive acute disease, but I had a feeling that the worst had happened and someone very close to him had died. And for uh, very few things can sink someone into the depths of despair as a sorrow of someone that you love that has died. And for the very few first minutes of my break, I kept an eye on the screens that display what the outside cameras were videoing as I could see Ross and Lou conversing. It seemed that Ross had somewhat pulled himself together, so naturally I lost interest and for the last few minutes of my break forgot what I had just seen and what had just happened. But as I joined my fellow baristas back on the floor, I noticed that Lou was now at the register getting ready to take his order and Ross was nowhere to be found. Lou began ordering, and as he was ordering, I could hear the other baristas mumbling about what had happened to Ross. And through their mumbling, I was able to gather that the worst had indeed happened, and Ross had lost his son the day before to suicide. But as I overheard Lou disclose to another man very quietly in the way that he had died, I became overcome with, with so much uh, sorrow for this man and I'm not a very cry guy outside of the house of the Lord I don't really shed tears very much and I, I mean I know how to feel sorry and empathize for someone but I don't usually weep and I don't know what happened but something about this situation caused me to begin to weep as I began to think about the situation that had happened to Ross and to tell you that there was no way in the world that I was prepared for what my manager was about to tell me next will be a huge understatement. 
But as I was ringing up customers, Marina, my manager, slid next to me and discreetly said, Ross, the man whose son had just committed suicide, just loaded a gift card for $300 and said that anyone and everyone that came through that line was to have their bill taken care of until the card ran out of funds. And when I heard this, it really floored me because I began to think how in the world could a man who is experiencing extreme grief and sorrow at the sudden death of his son only the day before be kind enough and benevolent enough and considerate enough to give so liberally that someone else could have their bill taken care of. We aren't just talking about a guy just having a bad day and waking up on the wrong side of the bed. But this man literally lost his son. He was the one experiencing sorrow. He was the one that was hurting. He was the one that was grieving. And I'm telling you, it was all that I could do to hold back the tears as I was thinking about what grace and goodness this man had to do such a thing. So one customer after another would come to the front of that line and place their order. They ordered exactly what they wanted. They chose exactly what their hearts desired. Whatever they craved that day is what they had. And they knew that there was a cost. They knew that there was a price to be paid. And yet they knew that, they, yet they didn't know that someone had already been there before them and taken care of their bill. And so one by one, they would take out their cash. They would take out their card on their phones. They would get out their app and get ready to pay the cost. And as they were getting ready to hand it over, I would stop them and I would say it's already been taken care of somebody paid your bill the look of sheer joy mixed with confusion would overtake the faces of these individuals as they tried to process what had just occurred some of them in fact many of them would keep reaching out their hand with their card attempting to pay after I told them the good news no doubt hearing what I had said, but not really being able to grasp the idea that it was really true. But in those moments, yet again, I would utter, no, someone paid your bill. It's free. It's already been taken care of. You're good to go. They would, with a big cheesy grin, smile, put their money away, thank me, and move down to grab their free drink. Time after time I did this. So you want a pumpkin spice latte? That's fine. No, don't worry about it. It's already been taken care of. Oh, you want two lattes, a sausage breakfast sandwich, and a cake pop? Oh, don't worry about it, man. Somebody has already paid your bill. Oh, you really want a green tea lemonade with a turkey pesto panini? Cool. Don't worry about it, bro. Someone paid your bill. Time after time, swipe after swipe, it didn't matter how big or how small the order was. Because of the benevolence of a grieving, sorrowful man, the bill was paid in full. And somewhere in the midst of my incessant swiping, in the middle of that Starbucks, the Spirit of God began to speak to me. And as I was swiping, it was as if the Lord spoke to me and said, This is what I did for you. And as I began to connect the dots, I literally wanted to go back to the back and bury my face in my knees and weep. Because you see the Bible says it this way. That all we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every man to his own way. 
Can I tell you because of our sins, we racked up a tab so stinking big that there is no way on this earth that we could ever pay for it. But I'm so glad that the verse didn't stop there. But it continues on to say, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every single person in this building has chosen at one point in their life to indulge in the pleasures of sin for a season. But this indulgence did not come without a price. Can I preach to someone in this room today that sin is not free. There is a bill attached to sin and a bill so high that you or I could never pay it. But I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago on a cross, out Calvary, Jesus Christ uh, stepped to the cash register of life uh, and ensured that when we came through the line, uh, that our bill uh, was on him. Uh, I've come to preach on the first night of this youth camp uh, a word from heaven to some student in this place. Uh, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how high of a tab you've racked up with your sin and your mistakes and your iniquities. Jesus Christ has already paid your bill I've come to preach to someone today you have not gone too far you have not gone too much there is no sin that is greater than the blood of Jesus there is no mistake that is greater but I've come to tell somebody in this place where sin doth abound grace does much more abound where sin is the blood of Jesus is greater come on where mistakes are the blood of Jesus is greater don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you that you've done too much. Don't you let the enemy tell you that you cannot be used of God. The devil is a liar. God's blood is greater than any mistake. God's blood is greater than any failure that you can ever make. I've come to preach to some young person who's trapped right now in sin. You do not have to stay where you are. You do not have to live beneath the purpose of God on your life. You can't come out of lust. You can't come out of rebellion. You can't come out of perversion. I know the world that we live in, and I know they would try to tell you that you'll always be trapped in what you are, and you'll always be what you are, and just because your mom was a drug addict, and your dad was a drug addict, and your mom struggled with depression, and your mom struggled with perversion, that you'll always struggle with it. The devil is a liar. The blood of Jesus is stronger. I said the blood of Jesus is stronger. There's no, there's no force greater than the blood. There's no sin greater than the blood. There's no mistake greater than the blood of Jesus. Come on, there is no sin so deep that God can't pull you out. There's no mess so dense that God can't bring you out. But if you make up your mind, I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to run to the foot of the cross. I'm going to run to him. He will bring you out. If you believe that, I wonder if you would clap your hands unto the God and give him praise. Come on, I've come to preach to the spirit world right now. You are going to come out this week. You're not going to stay the way that you are, but God is going to revolutionize you. The blood of Jesus is going to pick you up and turn you around and change your life forever. 
someone has already paid your bill. You see, somebody has to pay for sin. Let me tell you something. You and I do not have enough money in the bank to even scratch the surface of our bill. But I'm so glad that I know a currency that was able to pay the bill for my sin. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. I know today that in this world people don't want to preach about it. Because it's not a pretty thing to preach about. The cross is not a pretty thing. The blood is not a pretty thing to preach about. But I've come to preach to this generation. An old message that is still relevant. It's still the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you. It's, I know it's bloody. I know it's gory. I know it's not all pretty. But I'm telling you in this place today the blood of Jesus still works the blood of Jesus is still relevant it's the only thing that can save you it's the only thing that can purify you it's the only thing that can cleanse you what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again it's nothing but the blood of Jesus not money not fame but it's the blood of Jesus Come on, in the 21st century, it's still the blood. I don't care what society says, it's still the blood. I don't care what secular Christianity says, it's still the blood. Come on, the blood will still bring you out. The blood will still change your life. The blood will still cover iniquity of sins. Uh, the Bible says it this way in 1 Peter 1.18 For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And listen, the ransom that he paid was not of mere gold or silver. But it was with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless blood of God. I've come to preach to somebody in this place today that the blood of Jesus is still what you need in this room today. I've come to preach to someone God has not forgotten about you. God has not abandoned you. God is not leaving you in your sin. God is not leaving you in your mistakes. But he's come to remind you, if you'll just make up your mind, I'm going to run to the foot of the cross. I'm going to run to Jesus. I come to preach to somebody there's fresh mercy there's fresh grace come on it doesn't matter what you're struggling with there's blood for that come on I know you've been struggling with lust but there's blood for that I know you've been struggling with rebellion but there's blood for that I serve a savior that took stripes on his back nails in his hands and feet and a crown of thorns on his head so that you can have what you need the blood of Jesus is dear Oh, you don't understand what I've done. Oh, you don't understand. I've already lost my purity. I've already lost my purity and I'm only 12 years of age. I've come to tell you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. You don't understand. I've stolen. I've cheated. I've been dishonest. I've done things that are wrong. God cannot forgive me. Can I tell you that is a direct lie from hell and you need to get it before we move on in this service. The blood of Jesus is here for you. Come on. It's not too late for you. You are not... 
Come on, it is not too late for you. You are not forgotten, but God, uh, 2,000 years ago, shed his blood knowing that you be here on Monday night of youth camp in 2021. And he said, come on, come on, my blood is here. Come on, my anointing is here. Come on, just take a step. Come on, I know it's hard, uh, but my blood, uh, I died, uh, I bled uh, just for you. Someone paid your bill. Someone died for you, student. Someone took on nails for you. It's not a fairy tale. You see, the world will try to make you think that this thing is a fairy tale, that this didn't really happen. But can I tell you, it did really happen. And the sooner you get that in, the he- in your head, the sooner you're going to be set free from the things that are binding you. It is not a fairy tale, but it is real. It happened. He really did die. He really did bleed. He really did suffer. And he didn't do it because he liked it. But he did it because he knew that one day you were going to need access to that blood. He did it because he knew one day they were going to be messed up. They were going to be lost. Come on, while you were yet a sinner, he died for you. While you were yet in your trap passes he said I've got to tie I've got to plead I've got to pay the bill for their sin uh, I wonder right now if you would lift up your hands uh, in the room uh, come on it's still the blood of Jesus that's going to pick you up come on it's still the blood of Jesus that's going to cover you Come on, I've come to preach a message that is in direct contradiction to what the spirit world has been feeding you. You can come out. You can be set free. Somebody's already given his blood for you. Just... As Ross, the man in my story, had no reason paying for those bills because of the sorrow he experienced. Can I tell you that Jesus had no business paying for your sins because of the sorrow that he experienced? The Bible says it this way. The Bible says he was a man of sorrow. Do you know what that means when you say of someone they are a man of something? It means that they are acquainted with it. It means it's a part of who they are. You see, we like to paint this picture of Jesus, that he was some happy-go-lucky guy that always had a smile on his face. And I'm sure Jesus had a smile on his face at times. And I'm sure Jesus had joy in his heart at times. I'm sure Jesus had all of these things going on. But can I tell you, the Bible's, the, the thing that God, the Bible chose to describe Jesus was not joy. It wasn't happiness. The thing that Isaiah chose to describe Jesus was sorrow. He was a man of sorrow, the Bible says. He was familiar with it. It was something that he carried with him all the time. It was, he was a man of sorrow. You can find it all over the place in his life. 
It's everywhere. When, when we say of someone they're a man of prayer or a man of faith, that means that everywhere you look in their life, if they are a man of faith, you can see faith. If they are a man of prayer, that means everywhere in their life, you can see prayer in their life, every single place, prayer, prayer, prayer. And the Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrow. Sorrow was very present in his life. Can I tell you that Jesus knew what it was like to have the very people he was trying to pay the bill for curse him and spit on him and hurt him. Sorrow was a part of him. But here's the thing that gets me. Isaiah goes on to say in this same passage of scripture in Isaiah 3 and 54. Surely he hath borne our griefs and our sorrows. The New Living Translation says it this way. It was our weakness and it was our sorrows that weighed him down. What is the Bible saying here? The Bible is saying that Jesus experienced sorrow worrying about you. You see, the enemy will like to try to tell you in this place that you've messed up and that you've done too much and that God doesn't care about you and that God doesn't want anything to do with you and that God has forgotten about you and God is done with you. Can I tell you in this place that that is a lie from the pit of hell that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ experienced sorrow and grief thinking about you? 2,000 years ago, he knew that you would mess up in 2019. 2,000 years ago, he knew that you would give everything that you had to this world. And Jesus experienced sorrow and grief weighed down, thinking about you. And he went to the cross anyway and died. He knew that you would mess up. He knew that you would take for granted his sacrifice. But he thought that you were worth enough to die anyway. He thought that you were worth enough to give his blood anyway. Come on, somebody. God cares about you in this place God does care about what's going on in your life God does care about the calling that's on your life you are not forgotten you are not abandoned I don't care what you've done I don't care where you've been I don't care how long it's been since you've been down to the altar I've come to preach to you he cares he sees and he's madly in love with you He got bogged down in sorrow thinking about some teenager in 2019 that he knew would mess up, that he knew would fall flat on their face, and everybody else would give up on him and say, that person right there is no good. They'll never do anything for God. They'll never be anything for God. They've messed up too many times. I'm ready to give up hope. I'm ready to just throw them away. God can use them. They've done too much. And God 2,000 years ago said, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm feeling right now. That's why I walk around with this burden right now. Because I know that in, in 2,000 years, there's going to have to be a shift that happens in their mind to realize just how much I love them, to realize just how much I care about them, and that they'll give me a chance. Come on up there, open up their heart to me one more time. I'll change their life. I'll place a calling on them. I'll place an anointing on them. They don't have to stay the same that they've been, but I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have an anointing on their life. Oh, what sorrow. Oh, what grief that is born out of the genuine worry or concern for the well-being of another. 
One thing I failed to mention in earlier about the story was this man, Ross. This man, Ross, he was the deputy of our town. And that line in Starbucks, especially with the condition of that time, it was in 2015, and that was when there was a lot of unrest with the police. A lot of people had a problem with law enforcement. And no doubt that there were people in that line that if they really knew who Ross was, he might have literally spit in his face. There very well could have been people that cussed out Ross at one point in that line. It is likely that some in that line had made gestures that were obscene at Ross. But guess what? When they got to that line, in spite of what they had done, the bill had been paid. I want to preach to somebody today. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you. He cares about you. Can I tell you that there are murderers that have been in the same line that you're in right now and the verdict is still the same, paid in full. There have been cheaters that are in the line that you're in right now and the verdict is still the same, paid in full. Liars, cheaters, adulterers, fornicators, all in the same line, but the response is still the same, paid in full. Jesus is no respecter of persons. Everybody's bill is paid in full come on somebody I don't care how long it's been I don't care what you've done the result is still the same paid in full oh you don't understand you don't understand you don't understand I said things that if you really knew if you really knew who I was, I know I'm only 12. I know people think that I'm innocent, but you don't know what I've done at night when there's nobody else around. If you really knew what I did, Brother James, you, prob you wouldn't be preaching this message. If you really knew what I was struggling with, I, can't even, I don't even feel like I can talk to anybody about what I'm struggling with right now because they'll begin to write me off. They'll begin to write me off like I've already written myself off. Can I tell you today that you are not too far gone? I don't care what you struggle with. I'm telling you today, if you will get in that line and allow God to do something in your life, you can leave here set free. You can leave here delivered. You can leave here empowered by the Holy Ghost to change your world. Come on. It is it's not too late for you. Come on, God is reaching for you with open arms saying, come home. Come on, I've already paid the bill. Don't give up now. You've come too far to give up now. You've come through too much to give up now. I've already paid the price. Just come to me. Come to me. I'm waiting. Just give me a chance. I've already, I've already done it. I've already bled for you. I've already died for you. See, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in life is it's not always what you give, but it's when you give it. What do you mean? I mean, if someone gives you $5 and they just received a million dollars, how many know that doesn't really mean much? But if someone gives you $5 and they just gave the other 95 that they had to someone else, can I tell you 
that that $5 means a whole lot more. It's not always what you give, but it's when you give it. And can I tell you today that Jesus gave his blood for people when they were spitting on him? Jesus gave his life when people were mocking him. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If he had given his life for perfect people that loved him, sure, it would have been a great thing. But the fact that God gave his life to a people that hated him, that despised him, that rejected him, can I tell you, that is what made his sacrifice that much greater. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful today because although in my life I've been cocky and I've been frivolous with my life at times and inefficient with this grace, every time I go to the cash register of life, I can find the bill. It's paid in full. It doesn't matter how much I've hated him. He's still going to love me. It doesn't matter how much I've rejected him. He's still going to choose me. It doesn't matter how much I despise him. The bill is still paid in full. Can I tell you that Jesus has no business paying my bill. He's a man of sorrow. He's acquainted with grief. Jesus, just leave them alone. Jesus, you're crazy. Jesus, why do you want something to do with them? They've cursed you. They've turned their back on you. But Jesus said, I love them so much that it doesn't matter what they do. I'm still going to reach for them. It doesn't matter where they are at. I still have my grace. As I come to a close, The thing about Ross, the thing about Ross was when he loaded that card, there were limitations to it. There came a point in time as I was swiping that card for a while, everyone that came into the line, they had every single thing that they wanted. Oh, you want this? Oh, you want that? Okay, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's taken care of. Somebody's paid your bill. Somebody's died for you. Or some, somebody's given money for you. Somebody's given this for you. It's, it's okay. It's paid in full. But there came a moment in time where as I was sitting there preparing to swipe that card again, all of a sudden, it popped up on my register. Insufficient funds. That card had finally run out of funds. But I've come to preach to someone in this place today. The enemy has convinced you, and I've said it already before in this message, that God's blood is just like those cards. And that eventually you're going to mess up so much that you're going to go to that cash register And you're going to swipe and God is going to say, I'm sorry. You've messed up a little bit too much. My blood isn't sufficient for you anymore. Some of you in this room, the enemy has convinced you that there is a day that it's going to come. And maybe he's convinced you that you're living in that day right now. That the blood of Jesus Christ is running out. It is run out. I've done too much. I've given too much of myself away to this world. I've given myself too much away to some person that doesn't care about me. I've given too much of myself away. God, your blood has run out. 
But can I preach to somebody in this room today that that is a lie from the pit of hell? I come to preach to someone in this room today that Jesus' blood never runs out. I said the blood of Jesus never runs out. I'm telling you, for the rest of your life, there is unlimited mercy. For the rest of your life, there is unlimited grace. For the rest of your life, I don't care what you do, Jesus' blood never runs out. Blood never runs out. I wonder if you would stand all across the room right now. And here's what I want us to do. I want us at the very beginning of this camp to make a decision that we're not going to listen to the voices of the adversary anymore. We're not going to listen to the voices in our head that tell us that God's blood is not strong enough to cover the mistakes that we've made. I've come to preach to someone in this place today that I know that you've made mistakes. I know that you've done things that you don't want anybody else to know about. I know that you've got skeletons in your closet that if people really knew about, they probably would have a problem with you. I'm, not, I'm going to be honest with you today. Some of the things that you've done are despicable. You know they're wrong in the sight of God. But can I tell you that God is not viewing you the way you view yourself and the way others are viewing you. But God is standing here with open arms today saying, just come. Just give me a shot. Just give me a chance at this camp today. I'm going to do something in your life. So if you're in this room today, and I don't care. I don't care if you are Mr. Perfect. We all have things in our life that we struggle with. We all have things that we need God to deal with. But this is what I want us to do. They are standing right here at the front with cards. And these cards are, are, are representing right now the blood of Jesus. And when you come, I want you to come and I want you to grab one of these cards. And I don't know, I don't care what you do with it. If some of you may need to actually, in your mind, I want you to just visualize that God is standing there. And you just begin to swipe and as you swipe you begin to admit to God those things that you know that you're struggling with those things that you know nobody else knows about I want you in your mind to begin to take that card that represents the blood of Jesus Christ and I want you to envision with your mind that God is taking care of every sin and every mistake in your life would you come to the front right now I want you to grab one of these cards come on it represents the blood of Jesus Christ the blood that never runs out. The blood that will never lose its power. Come on, would you just come right now? I want everyone to grab one of these. I want everyone to grab one. Come on, crowd into the front. Crowd into the front. Come on. And here's what I want us to do right now all across the room. I want us to turn this entire building into one big altar. And I want us right now to begin to pray. And I want us to begin to weep before God. Some of you right now, you need to make up your mind that you're going to give everything that you have to God. Come on, it's not time to play games in this service today. It's not time to play games with God. But God has a calling on your life. God has a purpose on your life. And the enemy would try to convince you that you've done too much. 
the enemy will try to convince you that God cannot forgive you but I've come to preach to some young person to some student Jesus' blood never runs out it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter where you've been there's fresh mercy in this place for you tonight come on all across the room would you begin to cry out to God come on it's time to quit playing games with God student come on it's time to quit playing games with God there's a calling on your life there's purpose on your life there's destiny on your life come on God is reaching for you you haven't done too much you haven't gone too far I'm reaching for on all across the room come on would you just begin to pray right now God I pray in the name of Jesus Christ against every spirit of condemnation that would try to tell students in this place today that they've gone too far God your word says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those Lord God that are in you there is therefore now no condemnation but God there is grace there is mercy there is anointing that is being dispatched in this room right now